0: Heavenly Father, we come again with bowed heads and humbled hearts and contrite spirits thanking you again, Lord, for another day not promised to us. Lord, I'm asking that you forgive us of our sins and our iniquities and our shortcomings and transgressions and those things, Lord, to place a veil between you and us. Lord, I'm grateful for this time that we have with my brothers and sisters in Christ that we're able to uplift your name and partake in your word. And Lord, let it be nourishment unto our bones and lord let it be food for our spirit lord let it be the milk and meat that is necessary for spiritual growth and i'm asking lord that this word gets out to those who want to hear the truth lord for those who have an understanding lord but just can't quite figure it out i'm asking lord that we be a blessing to those who are really trying to follow you and really want to learn and i'm asking that your spirit of teaching fall upon us right now I'm asking that you enlighten our hearts and our minds, that we not utter words that don't come from you. I'm asking, Lord, for all attacks that are going against your body. Lord, the enemy has tried to beat us up really good a few days away from this conference. But because you are a faithful and true God, you are going to make sure that we make it through. And Lord, I'm believing with every ounce of us that you mean for this conference to go on. Lord, I'm asking that other people may come. I'm asking that... You know, this become a game changer because what we want is more people into the kingdom. It's not about glamour. It's not about trying to be someone we're not. Lord, you are the standard, and unless we measure up, we don't count. So, Lord, you said that everything that be bound on earth will be bound in heaven if we are of you. So, in the name of Jesus, I bound every foul spirit, every demonic spirit, every spirit of error, every spirit of contention, every spirit of confusion, Every spirit of seditions, every spirit of spirit of malice, jealousy, hatred, Lord. Every spirit that goes against you that tries to keep us from doing your will, Lord. I'm asking that it be bound and placed beneath your feet. Let your Holy Ghost fall mightily, Lord. Let your will be done, Lord, regardless of what we're feeling inside, regardless of what problems we have going on. The only reason that we are here tonight is to glorify the King of Kings. The Lord of Lords, the one who is worthy of all praises, the great Redeemer, Almighty God, the Heavenly Father, and the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords. You are faithful, just, and true, and worthy to be praised. Teach us your word, Lord. Teach us everything that we need to know. Stay with us, Lord. And may we become more like you daily. Do these things for your glory and for your honor. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 All right, so tonight's study is going to be called Patience in Jesus is a Virtue. Okay, because, um, you know, a lot of people love to say patience is a virtue, but, you know, that can be for anything at any time. But we happen to know that because we aren't separate from Christ in anything that we do, And patience in the Lord is the real virtue because he's the only one that is true. Okay, so, um, you know, it's just interesting. I believe I was led to this study because when you think about all the awesome things of God, when you think about his love, when you think about his mercy, when you think about his power, when you think about his great wisdom, I mean, all those things are just magnificent in themselves. We couldn't fathom them, but what about his patience? What about the patience that he has for uh, disrespectful, disobedient, Mm -hmm. you know, people that no matter what he shows us throughout our lives, somehow we always tend to go left until we learn to stay right. You know, and that takes incredible patience. Even parents don't have that kind of patience Mm -hmm. towards their children. But just to think about how if patience is one of the fruit that God gives us, Man, what an awesome work considering how many times we have broken his heart because he sees the beginning from the end. But everything that we do just about every day is more than enough for us to go to hell, for Mm -hmm. for us to not be worthy of the blessings that he has. Now, I know that we think, well, we don't sin anymore. See, those are the sins that you're conscious of. But when the Lord starts looking a little bit deeper into you something you might have been thinking something in your heart your slothful spirit when he told you to get up and do something you didn't do it your cowardice side when he told you to speak and you wouldn't Mm. see these things offend the lord too all those things that are not of faith is sin so imagine the things that we don't do in faith imagine the things that we do in disobedience but we believe it's obedient and we're hearing from the lord so you know these are things that we need to really understand about the lord's patience because He knows the beginning from the end. But, I mean, he's all-knowing, he's everywhere, and he's all-powerful. And you know what? When you are all-powerful, you really are like what God is. Because he doesn't have to destroy, because he doesn't fear. Mm. That's something to think about. You wonder, how can the devil run around and do all the things he's doing? And, Lord, you're just sitting there like, you're going to let him get away with this? Yeah, for a season. Why? Because... The Lord's will is going to be done regardless. So, you know, if we want to be like Christ, one thing I believe we're going to have to exercise is patience. Now, this may seem like, all right, be patient in the Lord. No, we're going to try and break down tonight the depths of patience and what it really means, what Jesus did for those who waited on the Lord, the rewards that they received. And then for those who didn't wait on the Lord, oh, man. You know, we don't realize how many times that we might have stunted our growth in things or set us back five years all because we weren't patient we had a bright idea that we thought of and we just knew if we prayed about it god would say yes and all the lord is telling you to do is wait on me and you're like all right well it's been a month so i'm sure that the lord heard and because he didn't stop me then that means i'm supposed to do it see these are things where we got to know that we're hearing from him direct and the lord knows when we're patient. Patience is not tolerance. Tolerance is putting up with something you don't really want to put up with. Patience is, I'm putting up with this because it's not going to bother me. You know, I'm seeing the inner part of the individual as to why I can wait, as to why I understand, as to why I won't just jump this person and say what I really want to say. When you are patient, I do believe you understand. I believe understanding and patience and long suffering and tribulation, we're going to find tonight ties into everything. So uh, let's get started. Let's go to uh, Psalm 13. I am going to give Carlin the floor, but I want to open up with a couple of things. And uh, let's get started in Psalm 13. We have all had to feel like this at one point. <clears throat> But, you know, patience is a fruit of the spirit for a reason. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we can't, like I heard Gary Price say, I hate to keep bringing up Pastor Price. I'm sure his ears are ringing. (laughs) But, you know, I love the fact that he said, you can't choose how the fruit of the spirit are grown. We all want the Lord to give us fruit. Lord, give me fruit of the Spirit. Lord says, okay, so I'm going to put you in a madhouse and have you work there. I'm going to give you a wife that's going to drive you insane. I'm going to give you a lazy husband, all right, because I want the fruit of the Spirit grown in you. Now, we might think, Lord, that's not, you know, isn't there another way? No, okay, the way the way to really have patience or the, the Spirit, the, the fruit of patience to grow in us is to have patience. This isn't something you just think up, I'm gonna be patient today and then tomorrow, I don't know. No, these things are gonna to have to grow in us just by the people that we're around, just by our circumstances. These are how the fruit get grown. You want long suffering, suffer long. You know. You want faith, believe, you know, and keep believing. All right, Psalm thirteen and verse one and it says, How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord? Forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? Now we've all had to feel this before. David is saying, Lord, how long will you forget me, O oh Lord? Anybody that ever said they never felt like the Lord had forgotten them, you're lying. If, you really, uh, if you're really, honest with self, you have, we have all asked the Lord, how come this person is, is this and I can't have this? What's wrong with me? How come I'm praying for you, you know, praying to you for a long time and nothing is happening? So we've all had this experience. Also, we've all had to wonder, why is it the wicked people that get away with things? (laughs) You know, and it just seems like you, you're serving God and you're struggling. You know, we all had to ask that question. Why is the enemy seems like he's winning and we're losing and we're the ones serving you? All right. So it says in verse three. Consider and hear me, O Lord, my God, lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. So David is asking here, he understands what he's saying, but he wants to make sure his perspective of God is not twisted. Okay, so what he wants to say, lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. What is a sleep of death? Like when you go to Ephesians 5 and it talks about, Awake thou that sleepeth, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. The reason is, is because he also says, what well, Paul talks about, that the God of this world have blinded the minds of those who believe not. Okay, so what you want is a clear perspective of God to be shown what God's purpose is, what his truth is, so you won't perceive wrong. Because right now it seems like David is kind of blaming the Lord. Like, Lord, why is this happening? Why are you letting this happen to me? But when the Lord sheds the light or he pushes back that veil and you begin to see things clearly, oh Lord, I know why you're doing this. This hasn't so much to do with them winning. This is about the growth that you want me to have because things aren't going to get any easier. It's just like if you want that bird to fly, eventually the mom's going to stop catching him, you know, push him out of the nest and catch him. But there comes a point, hey, you're going to have to fly or you're going to hit the ground. You're too old for this. So this is the growth that the Lord wants us to have. Right. All right, so he says, um, All right, lest he sleep the sleep of death. So he wants to be brought into light, into life, not to see it as the dead. Verse of four, lest mine enemies say, I have prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. Now, you know that we've been here too. People want to hurt you. The worst are the people that. appeared to be on your side but are out to hurt you and the Lord gives you revelation of that and you can see the person oh you all right man I hope everything works out and under their breath they're like yeah I hope you choke you know but there are people out there like that but the Lord will actually show you things like that but you know those people may rejoice when you're moved but then he says but I have trusted in thy mercy my heart shall rejoice in thy salvation I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. So what we understand here is even with all this stuff that he's seeing his enemies do, he's recognizing, but he's trusting in the Lord's mercy. Not just for himself, but for those who don't believe. You see how the love of God is even loving your neighbor even when your neighbor's against you. And then he says, my heart shall rejoice in his salvation. (laughs) So never mind what the world's doing. I've got the Lord, and if I've got the Lord, I have life, I have truth, I have the right way, and I've got salvation, I've got eternal life, I've got what really matters in this world. Mm -hmm. And I think those are one of the biggest things that can give us patience is because when we understand that this isn't reality and what Jesus Christ has is reality, man, you don't care about this. You can sit and wait. Why? This isn't your home anyway. But when you want a lot of things out of this life and they're not focused on the Lord, you're not going to be patient because this is an impatient world. Yep. This is not a world, an impatient world, I should say. But this is not a world that a Christian should desire. Yeah. Yes, we can do things to win people out of it, but the overall goal is eternal life. All right, let's go to Psalm 37 and then I'll give it to Carlin.
1: It's also like if the Lord puts you in a situation... And maybe two or three months pass by, and you don't really see what it is. Instead of giving up on the situation, you pray about it and say, "Lord, you know, I want Thy will to be done. Can you, you know, give me some kind of showing, or let me know why I'm in this situation? Just you know, be pa- being patient, anyways, and you know, asking the Lord because there's not wrong with that either.
0: Mm-hmm. No, totally. I mean, you know, we ask the Lord for lots of things. Mm-hmm. But maybe we should know what it really is to pray for patience. Yeah. Pray for long-suffering. See, we don't pray for that stuff. You ever notice, Lord, make me strong. Lord, give me love. Mm-hmm. Lord, give me, you know, um, or gentleness and kindness and all that. But what about long-suffering? What about temperance? What about the things that you're going to need that are going to actually try your salvation? Mm-hmm. And if you don't have these fruit in you, you can forget it. All right, so it's Psalm 37 and verse 1. Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. So we're kind of hearing the same story. You see how the warning is? Those people of iniquity, you know, don't worry about them. Don't try and be envious and want what they want. Verse uh, 2. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. So thou shalt... So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily uh, thou shalt be fed. So this is a promise. We follow the Lord, and this is what he's going to give us. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Remember what we talked about last week with the kingdom of God, that we should seek that first and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto us. Now this is David here talking about this at 1000 B.C. So you know that his God or his Lord had to be Jesus Christ. Jesus is quoting nothing different than what the old prophets quoted. That's why Jesus said, you want to know if they're talking about me? Search the scriptures and see if I'm mentioned. All right. So it says, um, verse five, commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass and he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. So you see, the Lord wants us to wait patiently and delight ourselves in him. Never mind the man who prospers. You know, there are a lot of people that I've seen come to the Lord, you know, over my you know time being saved, and I've seen a lot of people come and a lot of people go. You find a lot of people, man, they get the spirit, they speak in tongues. Man, they're doing all this amazing stuff. Then you run into them a couple of years later. Hey, man, how's things going? Yeah, I'm good. So, hey, so how's your walk with the Lord? Man, I ain't in that, man. I just wonder if the Lord even exists. They don't even, you know, so this race is not to the swift. Believe me, the devil is going to try and deter you in your whole walk. This is a race of endurance. This is a race of attrition. And if we don't have patience and we wait on the Lord and we don't continue to put the, me- the pedal to the metal and grind, we won't make it in. Believe me. All right. So he says, because of the uh, wicked devices, I'm not going to go through all of this because we got to move forward. But uh, check out a few other lines. The uh, Verse 8. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise uh, to do evil. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Now the Bible talks about the meek shall inherit the earth. Blessed is the pure of heart. Blessed are those that have the nine fruit, because these are the only things that the Lord looks for. Verse 11, but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plotteth against the just and gnasheth upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming. So just when it seems like the wicked's got us, man, and we don't have a chance, and, I mean, the whole world's delighting in your sorrow, the Lord says, don't worry about him. His days have already been judged. So we have to understand this. And the only way to understand the Lord actually being there for us and judging every situation is we've got to be more God-conscious. That is the only thing that gives you patience. The more real God is to you, the more these fruit will grow. Why? Because you know he's real. You can't say and do what you want. You believe. You've got faith because Jesus Christ speaks to you. Jesus Christ, you know, tells you what to do. You know that he's real. All right? When it comes to temperance, when it comes to long suffering, when it comes to gentleness, you're gentle towards your brother because of the fact that you know that you have a God to serve and and answer to if you were to do your brother wrong so you know in order to have this in our lives where we're not worried about the wicked where we endure no matter what attacks come against us it has got to be us being more God conscious and the more God conscious we are the less time we've got for the world I'm telling you this is why in the end it's going to come down to either you're going to serve Christ or you're going to serve the enemy because God's not going to play this back and forth thing believe me He's going to call your number. The devil's going to call your number. And the Lord is going to let him call it. Why? The Lord doesn't have time for people jumping both sides of the tracks either. So, you know, we want to follow him. So the Lord will laugh because his day is coming. The wicked have drawn out the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy and to slay such as be of upright conversation. Their sword shall enter into their own heart, and their bow shall be broken a little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked for the arms of the wicked shall be broken and the lord upholdeth the righteous the lord knoweth the days of the upright and their inheritance shall be forever they shall not be ashamed in the evil time and in the days of famine they shall be satisfied so what is the lord telling you if he's telling us keep the, seek the kingdom first if he's telling us that there will be famine in the land but we will be satisfied. No wonder he doesn't want us to take the mark of the beast. This is what the patience and the faith of the saints is that we read in Revelation 13. Because when the whole world is receiving the mark and that is the time of the Antichrist, the Lord is telling you this is the patience and faith of the saints. What? That they wait on the Lord. That they believe God. So this is the biggest thing and we can't let the carnal affairs of this world choke off our inheritance. Because the Lord is telling you, you will be taken care of. So we've got to be patient in the Lord. We're going to get further into this study. We're going to talk a lot about patience. And um, so Carlin's going to present now, and we'll get right into the lesson.
3: have us start off in Isaiah 9, 9, and (laughs) 6. All right, and it says... The zeal of, of the Lord of hosts will perform this. All right, now I'm going to have you guys jump over to 11, 2, and 5. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick quick understanding in the fear of the Lord and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes neither reprove after the hearing of his ears but with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked and righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins and faithfulness the girdle of his reins So I don't know. Jesus has just been like on my mind a lot lately. Just the sacrifice of everything that he's done. So in my study, I just kind of wanted to bring to remembrance just how important he is. Oh, yeah. All right. Now I'm going to have you guys jump way into Isaiah 65 and 16. He who blesseth, that he who blesseth himself in the earth shall bless himself in the God of truth, and he that sweareth in the earth shall swear by the God of truth, because the former troubles are forgotten, and because they are hid from mine eyes. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. So this is just a reminder, kind of like what Derek was talking about. Um, We can't get so attached to this life because, I mean, we can't take any of this stuff with us. So really, the only thing that we should be holding on to as riches are just our relationship with the Lord Jesus and his word. That's right. All right. So now I'm going to have you guys jump over to 21. And it's called God's elect will plant and harvest. Isaiah twenty one. Uh, oh, sorry, sixty five and twenty one. Oh, okay. And they shall, oops, okay. And they shall build houses and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. They shall not build and 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 other inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people, and mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands they shall not labor in vain nor bring forth for trouble for they are the seed of the blessed of the lord and their offspring with them and it shall come to pass that before they call i will answer and while they are yet speaking i will hear the wolf and the lamb shall feed together and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock and dust shall be the serpent's meat they shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountains saith the lord
0: we're talking about the millennial ring there man when christ comes back that's what it's all about oh well, yeah <laughs> oh man
3: yeah it's gonna be awesome all uh, right and then i gonna have you guys jump over to first timothy and we'll start at six and six
0: They want to get loud with their music. Now I can talk as loud
3: as I want. They did me a favor. For the root of all evil. But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into this world, and in it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content but they that which be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition for the love of money is the root of all evil which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows but thou O man of god flee these things and follow after righteousness godliness faith love patience and meekness yeah
0: there it go
3: right there <laughs> right there yeah. fight the good fight of faith lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses so right there that meekness and long suffering that we're talking about to inherit the kingdom is super important oh yeah Right, I'll have you guys jump to 17. So, charge them that are rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. That they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. So I know it's like super hard, obviously, with the way our world is set up. I mean... I guess you need money necessarily to live and pay for bills and blah, blah, blah. But really, it's just a resource that's in this world. And as the time goes on, and like we said, like our true governor is Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. as time goes on and we see this country start taking a dip, we have to understand that money is gonna start becoming less and less of value. So really, like we're saying, with like the mark of the beast coming and everything, We really just need to focus on the Lord and really just separate and understand that those things are second hand to our relationship with the Lord.
0: Absolutely.
3: All right. Now I'm going to have you guys go to Matthew 6.
2: You learn to be able to survive without them, and God is Jesus Christ is my
1: answer. That's right. right.
0: Matthew 6 and 19. Sarah was laughing because I just marked one of them like, well,
3: you got that? Uh, Lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither... Moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal, for where your treasure is, there will also your heart be, or there your heart will also be. All right. Um, now I'll do Matthew 19 and 21. So Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And so here we have a great example of like Jesus himself. Just saying that what it takes to make it is to give up your hope and all your riches and everything and come to me. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, it's not like Jesus doesn't want us to be prosperous, but he doesn't want us to put our full faith inside that money. You know, like even if we do have money, he's going to tell us to give it to the poor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Or to idolize it. Yeah, it's true. He
3: like doesn't want to put our
1: faith into other things over him. And
3: mm-hmm. you know, rely
1: on other things.
3: Oh, yeah all right so to end i'll go to second timothy one and eight. eight
2: second timothy
3: yeah so be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our lord nor of me his prisoner but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of god who has saved us and called us with an holy calling not according to our works But according to his own purpose and grace, which was given us in Jesus Christ before the world began, but is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. I just wanted to leave on that.
0: It's all about Christ. Amen. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, It's all, our, you know, we need to be reminded constantly of who Jesus Christ is because He's all that matters now. For most of us, we just don't know it, you know, up until everything else gets taken away. And then you're going to find out who He truly is to us. All right, so right now we're going to get started. Um, I want to give an example of, you know, patience you know, that we've read before, but again, no time like the present. So let's go to, uh, let's start at Genesis 14. You know, it was so funny that I thought at one point that we were talking about the whole story with um, Hagar, and you know somehow we felt like sarah she did the work that she did and told abraham to do it you know i had to read that story over and recognize that the lord had promised abraham well before hagar came into the on the scene because a lot of people think that when you know sarah said we'll take my maid hagar that there was no other option and that's what came from it but when you when we examine this a little bit deeper The Lord was telling him back in Genesis 13. Well, actually, it's Genesis 13. Sorry, guys. Let's go there real quick. Genesis 13. But the Lord was telling him then that he wanted him to have a seed, and his seed would prosper, and he would have all this stuff. So there was still no excuse for Sarah or anyone else. It's all about waiting on the Lord. Mm -hmm. All right. Let's start at Genesis 13 and... See. actually I'm sorry guys it was Genesis 15 15? So, yeah. it was 15 sorry oh yeah so it says we'll start in verse 1 Genesis 15 and verse 1 after these things the word of the Lord came to unto Abram in a vision saying fear not Abram I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward And Abram, who is Abraham, said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this, uh, Eleazar of Damascus? And Abraham said, Behold to me, thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord um, came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he that uh, shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he uh, brought him forth abroad and and said, uh, look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, uh, so shall thy seed be. So the Lord is saying, because I heard scientists say, I think Ken Hovind said that scientists have shown that There's so many stars out there that each one of us can have, I think, 18 trillion to ourselves, everyone here on the earth. I don't know if that's true or not, but they claim that that's how many stars are there. Of course, that doesn't matter to us because we believe that stars are something else other than what they're saying. All right. So he says, um, verse six, and he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur uh, of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, whereby thou um, shall I know that I shall inherit it. And he said unto him, Take me an heifer of three years old and a she-goat of three years old and a ram of three years old and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And he took unto him all these, and divided them in the midst, and laid each piece one against another, but the birds divided it not. And when the fowls came down upon the carcass, Abram drove them away. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and lo, and horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in the land, that is um not theirs and shall serve them and they shall afflict them four hundred years so this is the lord telling him what would happen to his people now you know after abraham the children of israel through jacob you know came into the land they were in egypt during the famine you know trying to grow and they were only supposed to be there seven years but they hung out there and eventually became slaves remember the, the egyptians enslaved them for 400 years but the point being made here I'm only bringing up is that Abraham was promised something from the Lord that he would have a great nation that these children would come out of his own loins of course he was already married to Sarah at this point and this is what the Lord promised him now all Abraham had to do was wait okay but we're going to read in Genesis um, 16 and verse uh, 1 it says Now Sarai Abram's wife bare him no children, and she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And um, I'm calling her Sarah, even though that's Sarai. But let's just say, Sarah said unto Abraham, Behold, now the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abraham hearkened to the voice of Sarai. Now notice the Bible uses the same words as it used in Genesis 3. It tells you here that Abraham hearkened unto the voice of his wife. You know who else did that? Abraham. Adam. I mean Adam, right. Who was Sarah to say what would be and what wouldn't be? But this is what happens to us when we start listening to those closest to us. Instead of following what the Lord is telling us to do. See, so even those who are closest to you can knock you off from your calling. This is not just a thing of, you know, your enemy is out there. No, your enemy is the one who wraps his arm around you, calls you friend, and keeps you from getting to the cross. This is why the Bible talks about the enemies of the cross of Christ. Because right now, you know, Sarah sounded like she had a good idea. And most people would look at that like, man, she loved Abraham so much that she just said, you know what, I'll deal with the pain. Let him go and have a child with another woman, and everything will be fine. Now, you see, this is man's wisdom, but the Lord told Abraham what he would have. All right, so look what happens next. This ought to tell you how crazy people can be. Look at verse 3. And Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, her handmaid, I mean her maid, the Egyptian, after Abraham had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband Abram to be his wife. And he went in unto Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress uh, was despised in her eyes. So it was your idea that your husband should just go and have a child because God must be a liar or God must have forgotten. That's one of the worst things that we can actually think is God must have forgotten. I asked God for this. He said he would do it, but... I think he's busy right now, so I'm going to compensate for this. All right, now she's now she despises the very idea that she came up with. Why? Because this was all in flesh. This had nothing to do with God's plan. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll keep reading. And Sarai so said unto Abraham, My wrong uh, be upon thee. I have given my maid into, my, into thy bosom. And when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judge between me and thee. But Abram said unto Sarai, Behold, thy handmaid is thy handmaid. Do to her as it pleaseth thee. And when Sarai dealt hardly with her, she fled from her face. So you see how this just ended up being totally corrupted. Now that Sarai has um, come up with this brilliant idea that failed, she now hates the very idea that she made. But then Abraham, who listened to his wife, is now telling his wife out of pity well you are her boss so do with her as you see fit this is why the Lord stepped in this had nothing to do with Ishmael this had nothing to do with the nation of the Arabs okay they were not a part of the original plan this is the mercy of God where you know they ended up becoming a blessed nation they are from the seed of Abraham but that's not the child of the promise But you see, the Lord had to do this because right now, I feel bad for Hagar. (laughs) She didn't ask to go into Abraham. She was pretty much told to do it. Abraham willingly went into it. And then he's going to tell his wife, oh, is she bothering you, my dear? Well, treat her as you see fit. So now Sarah's beating up on her or whatever, you know, being mean to her. So Hagar had to flee. The Lord told her, don't worry. You know, you'll be fine. I'll take care of your son. But look at how not waiting on the Lord, look at all the trouble you see in the Middle East today. Mm-hmm. Look at how you got two nations fighting in each side believing that they are from the seed of the blessed child. All because of someone's brilliant idea and not hearkening unto the Lord. This ought to tell you that we should really listen to the Lord. Because out of this, there are so many things that are in our lives that had we waited on the Lord, they would have never come our way. But we think that we've been blessed when these things had nothing to do with God's plan whatsoever. Yeah, know. So it
1: looks like in verse 3, she actually gave her to him to be his wife. Mm-hmm. Like, so like a her. concubine. Right. Yeah. And then after that, mm-hmm. he's like, well, you're her boss.
0: You deal with her. <laughs> like, right. So the Lord even... Re- <laughs> exactly. So the Lord even recognizes, and no, this is not right. I don't care if Hagar is a maid. She's not going to be treated like this. Like, this is awful. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so All right, so we're going to go to Genesis 17. And um, let's see. We'll start at verse um, 4. All right, Genesis 17 and 4, and it says, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee, and thou shalt be a father of many nations. This is the Lord speaking to Abraham. So he's telling them again, even after they came up with that brilliant idea. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be Abraham, for the father of many nations have I made thee. And I will make thee exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee, and thy seed after thee in their generation, for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee, and thy seed Uh, after thee and i will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee a land wherein thou art a stranger all all the land of canaan for an everlasting possession and i will be their god so you know that canaan was you know before israel was israel it was the land of canaan that's the land that they fought to get into and god said unto abram thou shalt keep my covenant therefore thou and thy seed after thee in their generations This is my covenant which um, ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you uh, shall be circumcised and ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you. Every man child for your generation. He that is born in the house and bought with money of any stranger which is not of thy seed so he's even talking about for those that they might have been taken in as servants like a handmaid, or you know any type of servants the people that were serving Abraham that were not of the seed this is how they'd be treated he that is born in thy house is he that is bought with the money but needs be circumcised and my covenant shall be in your flesh uh, for an everlasting covenant and the uncircumcised man-child whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people. Uh, he that breaketh my covenant. So if you notice, the Lord even was even he was even talking about a covenant that precede that went after Abraham. He's now even laying down the law before Moses' law was even set up. What would be? So you know God's not a liar because everything He said happened. And God said unto Abraham, For Sarah thy wife. Thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah uh, shall her name be. Now, Sarah means noble woman. Sarai means princess. Okay, so this is the Lord. Like in other words, she's somewhat of an example for all women. And I will bless her and give, and give thee a son also of her. Uh, yea, I will bless her and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of people uh, shall, shall be of her. Then Abraham fell upon his face, and laughed, and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is an hundred years old, and shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? And Abraham said unto God, O oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with his seed um after him and um as for ishmael i have heard thee behold i have blessed him and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly 12 princes shall he beget and i will make him a great nation now look at this now the lord Why do you think the arabs are so blessed today so rich so wealthy God, when God makes a promise, it is never broken. Regardless of what the circumstances are here, the Arabs are the richest people in the Middle East, really in the world, considering resources and that which they have. So, I mean, you know, just look at how the Lord kept his promise regardless. Look at how it took for a 90-year-old woman and a 100-year-old man to bear a child that would have a nation of innumerable, like the sand of the sea. And all of this could have been done with patience, but of course, their enemy happened to be, you know, (laughs) brought forth out of disobedience. So had they been patient because the Lord told Abraham this, the Lord didn't tell Sarah this. So the Lord told Abraham that he would be blessed and that his seed would be prosperous. Who was he to listen to Sarah saying, oh, well, you know, that does sound like a good idea. This must have been what the Lord was talking about. So we cannot mistake the Lord's promises for those offers that people make for us in the world. They're too important. If God tells you a thing, it will come to pass. So outside of not waiting on the Lord, this is what happened. We're going to go a little further. Let's go to Joshua 14. Now, remember when Caleb, um, let's go to Numbers 14 real quick, sorry. Numbers 14 This is why I love to read Numbers so much because there were very few people that actually understood that there were two believers there along with Moses that were ready to go in and take the land. Those who really want to follow the Lord and are patient and believe God, we are few and far between. There are not that many people that actually will take God at his word. All right, so it says, um, we'll start at verse 7. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it us, a land that floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. So you see, you had Caleb here trying to get everybody to fall in line with the Lord. He believed God. Verse 10. But all the congregation bade stone, uh, bade stone them with stones, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation. Before all the children of Israel, the Lord said unto Moses, How long will this people provoke me? How long will uh, it be? Earth uh, they believe me, for all the signs which I have shown among them, I will smite them with the pestilence and disinherit them, and I will make of thee a greater nation and mightier than they. So you see, this prom this promise went all the way back to Abraham. It didn't begin with Moses. So there were few that believed. Look at verse 13. And Moses said unto the Lord, Then the Egyptians will hear it, for thou uh, broughtest up this people in the might of them, I mean, the might from among them, uh, and they will tell it to the inhabitants of the land, for they have heard that the Lord art among this people, and thou, Lord, art seen face to face, and that thy cloud standeth over them, and that thou goest before them by day. By daytime in the pillar of a cloud, and the pillar of fire by night. Um, I actually want to move further down because this is uh, Moses telling the Lord what how great he was, and Lord, if you don't let this be, then the people will know that God can't do this and can't do that. So this is Moses, you know, soaking up the Lord, telling him, you know, Lord, you have to let us go because if you don't, you know, they're gonna think we have a weak God so we'll start in verse 20 and the lord said i have pardoned according to thy word but as truly as i live all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the lord because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles which i did in egypt and in the wilderness and have tempted me now these ten times and have not hearkened unto my voice or to my voice surely they shall not see the land which i swear unto their fathers neither shall any of them that provoked me see it. But my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and have followed me fully, him will I bring into the land uh, whereinto he went and his seed uh, shall possess it. So we want to understand here that though there were at least two million um, Israelites that came out of Egypt, you had a handful or a couple that actually believed. So just because we're all congregating together, claiming that we believe in the Lord, the Lord knows the hearts of every single one of us. If he made a promise for you, then it doesn't matter what people are around you and what way they're going. If there's a promise for you, then you will keep it as long as you yield to what he's saying. So the Lord knew out of this whole congregation that Caleb was for real. Caleb stayed patient. Imagine something not being your fault. And for 40 years, you got to go around listening to these murmuring, complaining people. They cost you your blessing. You should have been in there because you believed. But you now have to wait because everyone else has held you up. So now we're going to go to, um, to uh, Judges 14 to show where it actually happened where Caleb received his promise from the Lord by being patient. Judges 14, will start in verse 1. I mean, Joshua 14, sorry. I don't know why I'm making that mistake tonight. Joshua 14 and 1. And these are the countries which the children of Israel inherited in the land of Canaan, which Eleazar the priest and Joshua are the son of Nun, and the heads of the fathers of the tribes of, Is- of the children of Israel, distributed for inheritance to them. But Lot was, I mean, was their inheritance... By lot was their inheritance, as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses uh, for the nine tribes and for the half tribe. And Moses had given the inheritance of two tribes and a half tribe on the other side of Jordan. But unto the Levites he gave none inheritance among them. For the children of Joseph uh, were two tribes Manasseh and Ephraim. Therefore they gave no part unto the Levites uh, in the land save cities to dwell in with their suburbs for the cattle and for their their substance Uh, and the lord moses and the lord commanded moses uh, so the children of israel did and they divided the land then the children of judah came unto joshua and Mm Gigal and caleb um, the son of jephunneh uh, the chesanite uh, said unto him thou knowest the thing that the lord said unto moses the man of God concerning me and thee in Kedesh Barnea, forty years old was I when Moses the servant of the Lord sent me from Kedesh Barnea uh, to Espy out of the land, and I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up uh, with me made the heart of the people, made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. So we got to understand, too, that when they came back with these 12 spies, now, you know, 10 of them gave a bad report, 2 of them had a good report. If the Lord sends you out to do something, you might have murmurers and complainers around you. That should not be enough to deter you away from the promises of God. This is why you want to be patient on the Lord, because people will talk you out of your salvation. If the Lord comes to you and tells you, Hey, you know what? I want you to get out there and I want you to preach. I want you to start building. I want you to do this. Now, you may say something to your friend or your wife or, or, you know, girlfriend or whomever. Hey, you know, the Lord wants me to do this. Now, they may remember you how you were beforehand and will tell you that is a ridiculous idea. You can't even read the Bible, let alone teach it. Why would you want to do this? Oh, and do you realize you can get killed for reading the Bible? So you know you got to be careful where you're hearing from. If the Lord tells you to do something, then do it. But you got to understand that the enemy will even play out with those closest to you. And this is why the Lord told Peter, "Thou art an offense unto me," and that keeps him from the cross. He said, "Get thou, get thee, what's the word?
1: Get thee behind
0: me, get thee behind me Satan!" Because Through Peter, the devil was trying to keep him from going forward. Mm -hmm. So, this is why Caleb stayed patient and he received the blessing. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord hath kept me alive. And he said, These forty and five years. Since the Lord spake this word unto Moses, while the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now, lo, I am this day fourscore and five years old, as yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me, as my strength was then, even so um, is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. So Caleb received his inheritance from the Lord. Imagine being a 40-year-old man Well, you're 85 years old and you still have the strength when you were 40. See, when the Lord is for you and He wants you to do something and you wait on Him, He's going to preserve your life. He's not going to take it from you. Why? You're doing His will. So we got to understand this, you know, about following Him, being patient. You may be the only one in your group that believes God. Because everybody can say right now, we believe God. The Lord sends us out to do something for real where things are going to get testing. Man, you're going to see that line get slipped. Mm-hmm. You're going to see people saying, man, I ain't ready for this. I didn't know it was going to turn all of this. When you got U.N. soldiers beating you behind and, you know, arresting some of us and taking us off to camps, some people are going, hey, I didn't know. It. They're into all this crazy stuff. I had nothing to do with this. So you're going to find a lot of people back off if you don't really believe God. This is something we cannot fake. We can't pretend to believe. Either the fruit are going to be grown in us to be patient and to believe and have faith, or they won't be. But this is one thing that we will not be able to fake. Let's go to 1 Samuel 18. Oh, actually 28. 1 Samuel 28. I'll read about another hard head. Didn't believe the Lord, didn't wait on the Lord. I tell you, man, patience. We're going to get into some other scripture too, but I just want to knock these things out. So you have one who was patient, waited on the Lord, and his promise was received. Abraham and Sarah were still promised. They just had more of a burden than they had before, but they brought it on themselves. All right, First Samuel 28 and verse 1. And it came to pass in those days that the Philistines gathered their armies together for warfare to fight with Israel. And Achish uh, said unto David, Know thou assuredly that thou, sh- that thou go out uh, with me to battle thou and thy men. And David said to Achish, uh, Where am I? Oh, David said to Achish, Surely thou shalt know uh, what thy servant can do. And Achish said to David, Therefore will I make thee keeper of mine head forever. Now Samuel was dead, and all Israel uh, had lamented him, and buried him in Ramah, even in his own city. And Saul had put away those that had familiar spirits and the wizards out of the land. And the Philistines gathered themselves together and came and pitched at Shunem uh, and Saul gathered all Israel together and they pitched in Jeboah so you got the children of Israel about to go to war with the Pharisees that's pretty much what's happening right now I mean the Philistines sorry you know they might as well have been the Pharisees alright but uh, verse 5 and when Saul saw the host of the Philistines he was afraid and um, his heart greatly trembled and when Saul inquired of the Lord the Lord answered him not neither by dreams nor by urim nor by prophets then said saul unto his servants seek me a woman that hath a familiar spirit that i may go to her and inquire to her and his servants said to him behold there is a woman uh, that hath a familiar spirit at endor okay so saul was commanded you read in deuteronomy 18 you can go through um a lot of chapters in isaiah mostly deuteronomy where the Lord tells us not to consult with familiar spirits, not to seek wisdom of those things that peep and mutter, for he is the Lord our God. So we're supposed to obey the voice of the Lord and what he wanted. So the Philistines are up there lined up in great number. Saul's getting kind of nervous. Now when Saul was king, he always had Samuel as as the prophet from the Lord. So Saul could easily ask, okay, what's the word from the Lord? Samuel will tell him what the instruction of the Lord was and they were successful well now Samuel is dead so Saul is like well I'm praying I'm not hearing anything I'm dreaming you know I mean he's not answering me through dreams or through prophets what should I do right. so so he decided to go to a familiar spirit pretty much a witch to try and get some information so pretty much what he thought was some information is better than no information all right. Verse eight. And Saul disguised himself and put on other raiment. And he went and two men with him. And they came to the woman by night. And he said, I pray thee divine unto me by the familiar spirit. And bring me um, him up uh, whom whom shall name unto thee. So he wanted this woman. This is how off track Saul is. He told this woman, bring back Samuel that I may speak to him. This is pretty much what he's saying. He's asking her to speak to Samuel. Uh, And the woman said unto him, Behold, thou knowest what Saul hath done, how he hath cut off those that have familiar spirits and the wizards out of the land. Wherefore then layest thou a snare for my life to cause me to die? So even the witch had more sense than Samuel. She's reminding him, Now you know it's outlawed to even come here. You know, and even talk to people like me. So you're going to get me killed for trying to help you out. This is pretty much what she's saying. All right, verse 10. And Saul swear to her by the Lord. He's swearing to her by the Lord when the Lord said, Thou suffer not a witch to live. And here he is swearing to her, you'll be fine. This guy's off track. But this is what fear can do to you. So Saul swear to her by the Lord saying, As the Lord liveth, There shall no punishment happen to thee for this thing. Then said the woman, Whom shall I bring up unto thee? And he said, Bring me up Samuel. And when the woman saw Samuel, she cried with a loud voice. And the woman spake to Saul, saying, Why hast thou deceived me? For thou art Saul. And the king said unto her, Be not afraid, for what sawest thou? And the woman said unto Saul, I saw God's ascending out of the earth. Oh wow. and um, he said unto her, "What form of he? What form is he of?" And she said, "An old man cometh up, and he is covered with a mantle." And Saul perceived that it was Samuel, and he stooped his um, with his face to the ground and bowed himself. So he's listening to what this woman described, and see, this is why when people go to spirits, you have very powerful demons that may not know something completely, but because they are in the spirit realm, they can get an idea, or because they are familiar spirits, they can tell you, your wife has blonde hair and blue eyes, so I know this has got to be her, and see, because we want it to be that bad, you say your wife has dark hair and green eyes, and you be, you know what? I think he's telling the truth, I better listen up, this has got to be right, you know, but they will give you that and you will, you know, if, you, if you're if you smart, you'll know, okay, the dead knows nothing. We read Ecclesiastes 9, when the dead die, that's it. You cannot conjure them up. But Saul is here believing because this woman gave a description of what Samuel looks like, that this is Samuel. Also, you see Saul's not following God, he's following a man. Even if Samuel is a prophet, you're not supposed to seek him like a familiar spirit, bowing down to him. This guy's pretty desperate. All right, so um, I'm the enemy tonight. Uh, all right, so she said, "What form is he of?" He bowed himself. He bowed himself. Verse fifteen. And Samuel said to Saul, "Why hast thou uh, disquieted me to bring me up?" And Saul answered, "I am sore distressed, for the Philistines make war against me, and God is departed from me, and answereth me no more." neither by prophets nor by dreams therefore i have called thee that thou mayest uh, make known unto me what what i shall do then said samuel uh, wherefore then um dost thou ask of me seeing the lord is departed from thee and has become uh, thine enemy so you see how this isn't really samuel this is the familiar spirit so they're saying that the familiar spirit is saying this but He said, not just the Lord departed from you, but now the Lord is your enemy. Mm. So you see how he's even convincing Saul, hey, God is your enemy now, so what must I do for you? So the enemy has totally got your will bent on him, calling God the enemy. And instead of Saul saying, whoa, whoa, he's not my enemy, I just want advice. Look at what he does say, verse 17. And the Lord hath done to him uh, as he spake by me. For the Lord hath rent the kingdom out of thine hand and given it to thy neighbor, even to David. So, you see, (laughs) he called on this servant of Satan for help. And servant of Satan actually proclaimed something over his life. Derek Prince said that he's dealt with many things concerning this. When people deal with going to fortune tellers, what you're doing is bending your will to a familiar spirit. So the devil now has the right to proclaim on you what he wants to. He can say, you know, you're going to die in a car when you leave here. Mm -hmm. And if because you yield your authority to him, he's got a right to proclaim that over your life. And chances are it will happen if the Lord doesn't intervene. So he told him, he told Saul, you're going to lose the kingdom you know um, into thy neighbor and um, David will be the king like the kingdom will go to David he's also planting seed in his head as well about David exactly making him doubt even more verse uh, 18 because thou obeyedst uh, not, the, uh, not the voice of the Lord nor excuseth his fierce wrath upon Amalek therefore hath the Lord done this thing unto thee this day moreover the Lord will also deliver Israel into thee I mean with thee into the hand of the Philistines and tomorrow shalt thou and thy sons uh, be with me the Lord also shall deliver the host of Israel into the hand of the Philistines so this wasn't what he was expecting to hear but you see this is how the the devil is happy at this point oh you came to me oh I got a prophecy for you you'll die before midnight he would love to tell you that because now he has the authority Alright so it says in verse 20 and Saul fell straight away all along on the earth and was sore afraid because of the words of Samuel and there was no strength in him for he had eaten no bread all the day nor all the night and the woman came unto Saul and saw that he was sore troubled and said unto him behold thine handmaid hath obeyed thy voice and I have put my life in my hand and have hearkened unto thy words which thou spakest unto me. So you see how the devil works? The devil will make you commit to something. You'll agree to it. He'll stab you in the back and then come and say, well, remember, you said, if I did this to you, nothing would happen. Because I'm sure right now, Saul feels like killing her. Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) after hearing this, you know, but hey, remember you said, as the Lord liveth, this will happen. And this is how, when we're not patient, the enemy can easily come in and tell us, God's not in your corner. Why don't you just go ahead and do what you need to do? And then when you go and follow him, he'll accuse you before God. This is the adversary that we that we fight with. This guy is slick. He will he will root you all the way to the finish line as long as you're away from God and then tell the Lord, look at him not obeying you. You told him to go this way, but he went that way. And this is why it pays to be patient. If we're not hearing from the Lord, then we need to really, you know, just wait for an answer. A lot of the times when we're praying on our knees, don't just get up immediately if you want to hear his voice. Sit there and, you know, stay on your knees and wait for an answer. Because we, when we speak to God through prayer, there's always this one-way conversation. It's always like a, Lord, if you can do this for me, you know, Lord, bless my uncles, this and that. Lord, if it be your will, amen. You get up and leave. No, wait a minute. If you guys are really talking, why don't you wait to hear what he has to say? But people don't do that. You tell them what you want, like ordering a pizza and hang up the phone. And that's not having a relationship. If you spoke to the Lord and you have faith, then you should hear back from him. But this is what patience is all about. Even if you pray about it 10 nights. Wait for an answer, Mm -hmm. and the Lord will tell you what you need to do. All right, so the woman now reminded him, 22. Now, therefore, I pray thee, hearken thou also unto the voice of thine handmaid, and let me set a morsel of bread before thee and eat, that thou mayest have strength when thou go on thy way. But he refused and said, I will not eat. But his servants together with the woman compelled him, and he hearkened unto their voice. So he arose from the earth and sat upon the bed and the woman had a fat calf in the house and she hasted and killed it and took flour and netted it and did bake unleavened bread thereof and she brought it before Saul and before his servants and they did eat. Uh, Then they rose up and went away that night. Now, you know, in the next chapter or so, Saul gets killed, all right, but the enemy told him that this would happen. This also makes Saul turn against, like Sarah said, David, who was to be the future king. Okay, so now you got Saul hating David for no particular reason other than jealousy. Mm -hmm. So this is how the enemy will even... There's even times, man, I've been around for deliverance when it comes to casting out demons. And you have a demon say something lying on the person, but they can describe something to a T and say, Yeah, but your pastor is this. Yeah, but his wife is that." And then you got people turning and looking at them like, Oh, so that's your plan. It's like, man, don't you realize this is a lying Mm -hmm. spirit here? So the devil will always try and mix in some truth to deceive. Mm -hmm. So we got to wait on the Lord and really have understanding what this is about. So Saul paid the price because he did not hearken unto the voice of the Lord. Let's go to uh, Romans 5 and verse 1.
1: And wasn't it also... Saul's son Jonathan that went yeah. against David. Mm-hmm. So, kind of. He betrayed him. David. Yeah, his own best friend. And so, kind of like, well, no, kind of. That was like the generational curse of Saul going down to Jonathan.
0: The iniquity, yeah. That's why we don't understand that our sins are not our sins alone. Mm-hmm. They will go from generation to generation. People know that. They probably stop being so selfish. Like recognizing, man, what I'm doing can hurt my family too. Right. right, So we're going to get a little into patience. And it says, Romans 5 and verse 1, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith, into the grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience and patience um experience and experience hope and hope maketh um, not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. This is another thing that when we become God conscious, we understand what tribulation is and we don't stray from it. We embrace it because we understand what the enemy is doing every conference that we had this would be our third or fourth What was it third, third yeah. this would be our third conference and I've learned already that every time we get ready to go into it I always somehow get sick now I got a busted rib or something out of place but the enemy will do this and then right after the conference passes Everything is fine. Mm-hmm. So the enemy will always try and deter us. If there's something that the Lord wants you to do, the devil will entice you. He'll get you into other stuff. He'll try and make you sick. Mm-hmm. He'll even make you doubt. The greatest fear comes upon us just before the conference. Sarah and I will be talking like, hey, how are you feeling tonight? She's like, I'm fine, you know, whatever. But that's the enemy telling you, you go ahead and make a fool of yourself. I already told you. But go ahead. You want to go. Watch you get booed and tomatoes get thrown at you and all this stuff happens? You know what's going to happen. People are going to hear it and you're going to get arrested. That's what's going to happen next. You know, so he'll always make you doubt before something happens. But through tribulation, I'm embracing it. Okay, I'm in pain right now, but I'm expecting to get up there, not in my own strength, but to do what the Lord is telling me to do. So when you understand what the devil is doing to you, Man, that makes you want to love the Lord even more because you know it's making him angry. You know, when the enemy tries to hurt you and do things to you, patience in the Lord. Mm -hmm. Lord, I'm going to be patient because I know right now this is bothering somebody else. He wants me to doubt you, but I'm going to embrace everything that you want me to embrace. If it means that I get sick, if it means that I lose my job... If it means that I have to go to jail for preaching the gospel, then so be it. Yeah. But this is the place that you want to be because you'd have to ask yourself, how can you have joy in tribulation? But it's when the fruit are grown in you. See, tribulation worketh patience. That's all the Lord is trying to get us to do. Why? We are headed for a time worse than this. Mm-hmm. You think your wife or your children or your friends are nagging. Wait till you hear what really comes upon us. This is all he's getting us ready for. The Lord wants battle-tested, hardened soldiers full of the Holy Ghost. If you read in Judges 3, when he led them into the wilderness, Judges 3, um, 1 and 2, he said that I may teach these people how to war. That was the only reason he took them through their trials. He wanted them to war. He wanted them to know what it is to war. But everybody's thinking today, patience is just, just showing love. It doesn't matter what you do, my brother. The Lord loves us all, and let's just get together in a bond of love. See, man, all that, I understand that love, but man, the Lord wants you to do something with that love. Do you have enough love to go and cast a demon out of somebody? Do you have enough love to preach to the lost until you get locked up? Mm -hmm. But this is what it's about. That's love. Love is seeing what things are and doing things despite of what damage or what dangers may come in our lives. But everybody regards love with feelings. No, love is a person. And if you ain't got Christ grown in you, you don't love. That's right. You may have deep affection, but you won't understand love.
1: Well, it's just like what you taught about as well in Ezekiel 33 about the watchman. It's like if he knows the truth and he says it not, well, then that and the enemy comes and overtakes the city or the people of the city, then their blood will be required at his hands. That's right. And so that's the the same for us. It's like if we know the truth and somebody is lost and we don't say anything, Mm -hmm. that person and they die and they go to hell, and we were responsible for telling, telling them the truth, well, their loss of salvation will be required at us.
0: Exactly. And that's why we need to know what it is to actually deliver the gospel because the fearful and the unbelieving Uh are not going to go into the kingdom of heaven. Right. Verse six. All right. We're going to just finish this up. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure, like yet perhaps for a good man, uh, some would even dare to die. But God, um, commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners christ died for us so this tells us here that through patience and all this adding up to our tribulation our hope in christ that what they're saying here is a man that is not imagine a man that is righteous the most righteous person you can think of and people will scarcely die for someone like that Mm -hmm. but christ loving us even though we were wretched sinners We're the reason he went to the cross to suffer, but yet he's not regarding himself. Mm -hmm. He's thinking of others. And that's when we become really, truly have Christ grown in us, that we will do the works of Christ no matter what it costs. Romans 15. As a matter of fact, Romans 8. Romans 8 and 21. I'm telling you, you know when you become God conscious because you will not desire to serve self. Right People could tell you, man, you'll get arrested if you go there. I mean, Hey, man, I'm not conscious of me. I'm conscious of these people and what the Lord will think for me not going. Mm-hmm. That's what's important. All right, Romans 8 and 21, Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit the redemption of our body. So with all that we may go through, travailing in pain and suffering together, the overall goal is to have the adoption of God, where we will be grown in the in the spirit, have our glorified bodies receiving eternal life, 24, for we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope, for what a man seeth, what doth he yet hope for, exactly, so the Lord is calling for us to do something greater, he's asking us to believe that which we can't see, that's a that's a greater reality than anything saying, all right, well, and this is why people will say, I don't know if I'm born again, you know, I need God to come and tell me, See, and this is why Jesus said a wicked and perverse generation seeketh after a sign. Because the Lord wants you to believe God by his words, by the things that he does do, regardless of you seeing him or not. So that's a greater faith. For we are saved by hope. Well, I read that, 25. But if we hope uh, for, for that uh, we see not, then do we, um, with patience, wait for it. So you see? With patience, we wait for this thing because we're actually believing God. Someone will say, what is your evidence? I believe God. Now, that's hard to a carnal mind because they want some evidence. Here's my evidence. I'm waiting on the Lord. I believe his word. But the Lord does give us stuff to fight with, too. He gives us prophecy. You can see his prophecy coming true. He said, these signs shall follow them that believe. You'll see you'll speak with other tongues. You'll do things. So as you continue to believe God with patience, those fruit will grow, which will make the gifts grow. And then from there, you find yourself believing all the more. And that's when I believe people receive the gift of faith. The gift of faith, man, there's no way that you can't believe God. That's something we should all wait for because... The gift of faith is the common denominator between the fruit, it's a fruit of the Spirit, and it's a a gift of the Spirit. But man, when you have the gift of faith, man, the Lord may tell you one day, I want you to walk on air. Now, I'm not trying to be funny. Now, some people, oh, Lord, you want me to die? Where's your faith? I mean, if he's telling you to do this, then obviously you can do it. But this is what I'm saying. The gift of faith will go beyond what most people would believe why you're so calm about your circumstances you're only facing 30 years you know and you might get the death penalty depending on which way they go but here you are believing that you'll be delivered the three hebrew boys and um in daniel three they had patience and they believed god he didn't save them from the fire he saved them out of the fire so your faith and your patience have to carry through to, to the end you can't just be patient for now and then when, while they're up there heating the furnace. You know, I think mean, there's something wrong here. I don't even know if God is. Because why would he want me to be here if he loved me? See, don't let the level, the devil uh, lead you in your emotion. you got to believe God in the Spirit. And the only way to do that is have the fruit grown in you. And if one of those fruit is patience, man, we've got to wait on God. I don't care what your circumstances look like. I don't care who's telling you what. Unless you believe, if you don't believe him, this book means nothing to you. This is just a religious relic. All right. um, All right. So, you know, with patience, we wait for it. 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And see this is why a lot of people are against speaking in tongues i'm not because you see we are so selfish that we need to know how to speak in tongues the reason is is while you're speaking you may not understand what's said but the lord knows these are what this is what the groanings are when you don't understand why you're speaking this language the lord knows he wants you to pray for someone he wants you to pray for this he wants you to pray for other things but in our carnal minds Lord, give me a car. Give me a house. Will you give me the love of my life one day? Mm -hmm. You know, will you make me like Moses? Lord said, never mind you. You know, what about these people? I know what you want already. Stop being so selfish and maybe you can have it. But this is all the Lord wants us to do, to wait on him and to be patient. You know, ask the Lord for the gift of tongues, but ask him to fill you in the spirit. Mm -hmm. The tongues will come. So you don't have to ask for the gifts. Ask to be full in the Spirit. 27. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So you see, not your will, God's will. We need to learn to start praying for that will and be patient enough to hear what the Lord has to tell us. This is important, but a lot of us, thank you, Jesus. Amen. And man, I can't wait to get into bed. The Lord's not done talking, man. Hear what He has to say.
2: That's funny because sometimes I I've done that when I go to eat a meal, like kind of rush your prayer. <laughs> I've Lord, that, so i have done. He's like, I'm not done. Like you know, you then I get feel bad, like guilty for my prayer I have to go back and mm. like be more deep about it. Yeah. Then your food's cold. You God is great. God I go, is well. good. And He thank us <laughs> for our
0: food. You know, <laughs> I thank Him for. Rub a dub dub. Thanks <laughs> for the grub. You know. <laughs> You know, sometimes you can speed up and do stuff like that. And it's like, man, come uh, on.
1: Even like a
2: little tiny snack, like if I'm not even a meal, but I try to go eat something I'll pray about it. Like, I'll feel bad. Mm-hmm. Like, just not getting
0: great. And you ever realize when you give up your fast and you eat that you could have held out a lot longer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You notice how greedy you feel? You almost feel sick. Like, look at you eating a steak.
1: And you could have fasted <laughs> yeah. another
0: day or so. Yeah. But it's just so funny that when you give up, you feel guilty. And it's almost like you can feel the spirit saying, go ahead and eat. I know that's what you want. You know, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) All right, Romans 15 and (laughs) 1. Even in fasting, the Lord may call us, I want you to fast a few more days. You're like, I'm going to die. You know, but you got to be patient. You don't know what's on the end of that. Romans 15 and 1. (laughs) all right so it says we then are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves let every one of us please his neighbor for his good is for his good to edification Uh, for even christ pleased not himself but as it is written uh, the reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me for whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scripture might have hope now the god of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to christ jesus that ye may um, with one mind and one mouth glorify god even the father of our lord jesus christ so the lord wants us to be patient god is the father of patience so if you are not patient, then God can't be your God. This is something you got to recognize because if we're going to be like Christ, then we've got to have the same fruit that Christ walked mm-hmm. with. You know, Christ had patience. We have to have patience. You know, there's times, you know, you might be somewhere and someone's popping their gum in your ear, talking loud on their cell phone. The Lord is saying, hey, you know, be patient, you know, pray for them or whatever. But, you know, what do we think in our carnal minds? I'd love to shove that gum down his throat, you know, because it's just, you know, rude. But we got to get past that. Let's go to Daniel 10. Give another quick example. What time is it? got to watch. Right? All right, cool. Cool, cool. Daniel 10. This is another example of waiting on the Lord. And we'll even get to see what actually happens in the spirit realm when you are waiting a lot of the times we can ask the Lord for things and you know we don't feel like anything's coming Derek Prince said once and I agree he said that sometimes when nothing gets answered when you pray it's not because you're asking for the wrong thing you could be asking for the right thing but because that thing is so detrimental to what Satan's kingdom wants you know then it's like whoa we gotta put up a standard This fight may have to go for years because I don't want you to have this. So you know, when we pray for something, we've got to believe enough to wait out on the Lord. So Daniel ten, everybody there, almost. All right, Daniel ten in verse one, and it says, "In the year of King Cyrus or Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar, and the thing was true, but the time appointed was long." And he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. So Daniel was looking for a vision. Lord, when will my people be set free from Persia? So he mourned for three weeks, meaning he fasted. Verse 3, I ate no bread, no pleasant bread, neither came flesh nor wine in my mouth. Neither did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And in the fourth and uh, twentieth day uh, of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river, which is Hedekel, then I lifted up mine eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose loins were girded with fine gold of euphaz. His body also was like the barrel, and his face as the appearance of lightning, and his eyes as lamps of fire. And his arms and his feet are uh, like in color to polished brass, and the voice of his words was like the voice of a multitude. So he had seen the Lord, and I, Daniel, alone saw the vision, for the men that were uh, with me uh, saw not the vision, but a great uh, quaking. A great quaking fell upon them, so that they fled to hide themselves. So you see, the Lord can even give a vision to us around a bunch of people you'd be the only one that sees it you know other people may run off if they see it but sometimes the Lord can speak to you direct you can be in a multitude of millions and the Lord's only talking to you this is how intimate and personal the Lord is with us verse 8 therefore I was left alone so the people saw what he saw and they ran off and saw this great vision and there remained no strength in me for my comeliness was turned in me unto into corruption and I was retained no strength. And I retained no strength. A lot of people in the spirit realm, this is why I tell people when you get sleep paralysis, you know, nine times out of ten, there's something in your room. There's a spirit, there's something, a presence in there that's got you pinned down because these don't work in the spirit realm. Everything is telepathic. Mm-hmm. So this is why when you're sleeping and you feel like, man, I'm sleeping, I can't wake up. There's a presence in there. Sometimes you should pray and the Lord will actually chase it off. Whatever it is, if it is something. Well, I mean, if it's a spirit of God, it's not going to have you hopeless. But Daniel was able to see what it was that had him down. All right, so it says in verse 9, Yet heard I the voice of his words. And when I heard the voice of his words, then I was in a deep sleep on my face and my face toward the ground. And behold, an an hand touched me which set me upon his my knees and upon the palms of my hands, and he said unto me, "O Daniel, a man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak unto thee." So this was an angel, you know, um, that it, that came to him and speak unto thee, and stand upright, for unto thee am I now sent. And when he had spoken this word unto me, I stood trembling. So where people think that angels are cute, cuddly little creatures. Everybody that's ever seen an angel in the Bible was scared to death. So God is warriors. He doesn't have little stay puff, plushy characters. That's that's TV. All right, verse 12. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. So imagine you fasting, you're praying to the Lord for something that you want. Your words are being heard immediately, and the Lord dispatches an angel to come and see you. But Look at verse 13. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia, which stood me one and twenty days, but lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to me, and I remained there with the kings of Persia. Now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people. In the latter days, for yet the vision is for many days. So we understand here, while this angel was trying to get through, we talked about this before, Satan's realm is in the heavenlies, he's in the second heaven. You have the first heaven, which is like the firmament that's above us. Well, outside of that, or in that firmament, is Satan's realm. The people of witchcraft call that place the ether. This is why you hear Ethernet. The psychics call it the Akashic Records. There is a literal realm where Satan's minions are, where these people draw their knowledge and their strength, is why you got psychics that try and proclaim these things or have these supernatural experiences. So while this angel was trying to get to Daniel, because we truly live in a prison planet, this is Satan's kingdom. If we could actually see in a spirit realm what this was like, you would see us on this realm on earth. Then between us and God, you would see Satan and his minions just covering the earth. So the Lord has to battle through that, or or things have to battle through to get to us. And this is why distraction here is so great, and why we have to really seek the Lord, because this whole domain right here is run by Satan. Mm -hmm. All right, so he says that uh, the prince of the kingdom of Persia, so the prince of Persia clearly can't be a man. This is one of the principalities of powers that was over Persia, you know, that came to you know, stop uh, this angel from delivering the message. Verse 15. And when he had spoken such words unto me, I set my face toward the ground and I became dumb. And behold, one like the similitude of the son of men touched my lips and I opened my mouth and spake and said unto him that stood before me, O my Lord, by the vision, my sorrows are turned upon me and I have retained no strength. For how can that the servant of of this my lord talk with this my lord? Uh, for as for me, straightway there remaineth no strength in me, neither is there breath left in me. And there came again and touched me one like the appearance of a man, and he strengthened me and said, O man greatly beloved, fear not; peace be unto thee. Be strong, uh, yea, be strong and when he had spoken unto me i was strengthened and said let my lord speak for thou hast strengthened me then said he knowest then then said he knowest thou wherefore i come unto thee and now will i return to fight with the prince of persia and when i am gone forth lo the prince of Grecia shall come but i will shew thee that which is noted in the scripture of truth, and there is none that holdeth with me in these things but Michael your prince. Now Michael is the prince over the children of Israel. The prince of Persia had a prince, the prince of Grisha had a prince. Why when you read in Daniel 8 that the he-goat, which was supposed to be the small creature, took out this ram, which, which was supposed to be a massive creature, is because it had already been decided that the prince of Persia would lose to the prince of Grisha. So when you see nations fighting against one another, it is never because one is stronger than the other. It's what you would have to ask is, what is Satan doing now at this particular time? Like the United States was considered a strong nation, the strongest in the world. Now you see this country is deflating because Satan has a new plan. He wants a new world order. So all he did was take the Prince of Persia off the scene and put the the Prince of Grisha in. But Daniel wanted to know what was going to happen to his people. And you see, the devil wanted Daniel to lose hope in God. So this is why, even though he fasted, he had to fast for three weeks just to hear an answer from the Lord. So we have to hang in there steadfast if we want the Lord's truth. This battle can be going on in the heavenlies where the Lord is saying, answer Christina's prayer. Answer Martin's prayer. Go after, you know, Carlin's prayer. Oh, Carlin wants to do this? Oh, okay. I'm going to do it. You know, answer Greg's prayer. Whatever it is he wants, he needs. Now, the angel can actually be sent out to to deliver that message. But here comes the devil. I'm not letting you through like this. Mm -hmm. So you fight. Imagine two angels fighting for 21 days just to get the information out. So the devil's not going to go down without a fight. And this is why we got to hang on to the Lord. Lord, no matter what things seem like, no matter how long I've waited, I want to give up, but I'm believing that you're going to answer that prayer. This is what patience is all about. And look at the fight. When that angel couldn't get through, the Lord said, I'm bringing in heavy artillery. Michael, get that angel through. Michael came in, cleared, you know, let that angel through. And when the angel came back, he said, I'm going to have to fight with the Prince of Persia again and the Prince of Grecia." So we got to understand If these angels are actually going to bat for us, now I'm not defending them. That is the call that they ought to have over believers. But we shouldn't be hanging them out to dry either. If we're of the kingdom of God, what they're taking care of in the heavenlies, we should be doing for Christ here on earth. Because you got them fighting for us and we're just... Hopefully they show up. I don't know if they will, but... No, man, we need to be in this fight too. This is what it's all about. This is when the um, the kingdom of God becomes real to us. So we've got to be patient. I don't care what it is we're asking for, if it's about our marriage, if it's about when we ever had children, or whatever it is that the Lord wants. Man, if you trust and believe in him, he'll answer your prayer. Mm-hmm. But you've got to wait on that. More impossible situations have happened. We just read this. Yeah. A 90-year-old woman having a kid? That sounds like something from the Inquirer. You know, like some sideshow. 90-year-old woman has baby. Well, guess what? It really did happen according to the will of God. That's how we got to be. All right. uh, Matthew 18 and verse 10. Man, I'm just telling everybody, the reason I'm talking patience, man, don't give up hope because the devil will make you think, yep. and you've already done it all. Don't try anymore. You know, maybe this isn't the guy or girl for you. Man, trust in the Lord and see what he tells you. The devil will always tell you, man, time's up. You know, he doesn't want you waiting on God. All right. Matthew 18 and verse 10, and it says, Take heed that ye despise not one of these little ones. For I say unto you that in heaven their angels um, do always behold the face of thy Father, of my Father which is in heaven. For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. Think how ye, if a man hath an hundred sheep, and one of them be gone astray, doth he not leave the ninety-nine? And goeth into the mountains. And seeketh that which is gone astray. And if so be that he find it. Verily I say unto you. He rejoiceth more. uh, Of that sheep. Than the ninety nine. Which went not astray. So you see the Lord is love. The Lord is patient. You can be someone following the Lord for a while. And you know. There may be something that. In your flesh that you're battling man. It just seems like. I'm getting to a certain point, but this thing keeps drawing me back. I keep having these thoughts. And, you know, you might have real issues. You might actually mess up. Don't you know, man, if you're serious about the Lord and your heart is sincere, the Lord is going after that sheep because he knows your heart's sincere. And you might have made a mistake, but I'm going after this one. You know, I'm not going to let this happen where they end up leaving. So the Lord is faithful to us. I'm not saying that's a license to sin. I'm just saying that we have stories of Jesus even saying this according to the prodigal son one that was there he left remember played around in the mud came back the father welcomed him with open arms but I'm saying if you willfully know what you're doing this is not well I do kinda miss the world so I think I'm gonna punch in my ticket now and Lord you can pick me up later no I'm talking about for someone that's really struggling going through battles the enemy is doing things to them And you can be somewhat losing the battle at this point. The Lord will come strengthen and fix you up if your heart is sincere. We're not going to always be perfect, but we can be made perfect. Okay, so I'm not saying that you can't, you know, if you make a mistake, the Lord is done with you. No, this is a race of endurance that we're going to have to fight and go through. And you're going to fail many times. But you will succeed. You will get over the hump. The Lord says that we will overcome those who are of Christ. So we are overcomers. So I'm not just saying, well, you know, I'm starting to change my statement about one saved always said no. And even uh, like
3: Paul, Mm -hmm. didn't he have to have like in uh, Timothy like a deep repentance? Like he was saying, like he was like the worst Mm of all. He can be saved. Right. He
0: told this story, and he even said he had not yet reached perfection. He even said, oh, wretched sinner that I am. Now, this is Paul who wrote most of the New Testament. That doesn't mean he was out doing dirt, but the closer you get to Christ, man, the more dirt is shed on you. When Isaiah, in in chapter 6, when the Lord called him, you know, he showed the iniquities from um, from, um, Isaiah 1 to Isaiah 5, what was going on in society. And the Lord said, I need somebody to come. When Isaiah was in the presence of the Lord and he came out of it, my God, he realized how dirty he was, Mm -hmm. how filthy he was. And um, the Lord said, I want you to speak. And Isaiah said, I can't. I'm a man of unclean lips. I've done this and that. And the Lord, you know, the angel took the coal, the hot coal, and put it to his mouth, purged him, told him, go. You know, so the Lord will fix you and get you right, but In the presence of the Lord, man, that's when you realize, man, Lord, I'm nothing compared to you. Because the more he reveals, the more he's going to show you, see, you ain't, hey, I really am the king of kings. I'm not bragging, that's just fact. But why should he share his glory with you if you don't believe in him anyways? So the closer you get to him, you realize, man, I am dirty. I'm nothing compared to him. All right, verse 12. How think ye if a man have an... Oh, I read that part. Where am I? Fourteen. Fourteen. Even so, is it not the will of your Father which is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish? So the Lord doesn't come for anyone to perish. The Lord wants us to all make it, but, you know, we're some pretty (laughs) rebellious people. Fifteen. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If he shall hear thee, Thou hast gained thy brother. So the Lord is saying, man, your brother trespassing against you. Don't go beat him up. Don't go slander him. Don't go do all of this. Man, go and tell him in private. Because even the Lord knows that people act up in crowds. Like if you were to go and tell somebody, hey, I don't like what you did. and Other people are around. There's a chance that person may perk up. So what you trying to say? Because they got to defend themselves in front of people. So the Lord is saying, man, go and talk to him alone. And let's see what happens if that doesn't work. Verse 16. But if he will not hear thee, then take well, with thee one or, or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. So he's saying, you know, bring people to come and help. 17. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, Let him be unto thee uh, as an heathen man and a publican. So the Lord is saying, if you continue to go without correction and you don't want it, then hey, then be the heathen you are, but it ain't going to be here. But this is the patience that the Lord has. Go and talk to him. Don't, you know, trespass against you, make it right. Alright, you can't do that. Alright, bring people with you. That doesn't work. Alright, let's tell the church and see what happens. The Lord is not quick to give up on his people. The Lord is really patient and we need to be with each other. Alright, uh, verse 18. Verily I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever shall be ye shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say unto you that if two or you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, uh, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. So this says nothing about a congregation. This is nothing about you need to be in a building to hear from the Lord. He said, where well, there are two or three gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. The Lord will use two or three people that mean business. He don't need a whole congregation. You know, out of every church congregation, there may be two people saved. And I'm being real. That's how it really is. It's going to be slim. It's not going to be what people think it is. Verse 21. Uh, then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me, and I forgive him? Till seven times Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven times. In other words, you forgive always. You know, so don't think that you got an answer and that's the end of it. No, forgive them again. Now, that doesn't mean that you, just because you forgive them, that you need to hang out and have dinner with them. You can just have no malice in your heart toward them. If they need something, sure, here you go. So you don't have to have malice in your heart towards a person, but... The Lord can also tell you, too, this person's bad for your health. You need to separate company. All right, so it's not always a thing of forgiving. Forgiving is not the issue. I can forgive you. I have no malice towards you. I wish you the best. But that doesn't mean that we're going to kick it, you know, considering the, the world you live in. And this is why Paul said, Be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. So if you're around those that refuse to come to Christ and are unclean, you know, then you've got to separate company. He's talking about dealing with a brother, you know, someone that's, that's believing like you, your fellow man. All right, 23. Uh, Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one, uh, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. But as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made the servant therefore fell down and worship saying lord have patience with me and i will pay thee all and the lord of his servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him his debt so this is pretty much talking about jesus christ with the world with the unbeliever you're in the world you owe a debt okay christ went to the cross for you The only place due for you is hell and God's wrath. You can't pay that debt. But the Lord is saying, well, this is what's going to happen to you. You're going to hell. Now, if you throw yourself on the mercy seat, Lord, forgive me. You know, um, let me, Lord, all right, well, you're free of your debt. Because you're calling unto me. You're asking to be forgiven. I forgive you of your debt. I bear that on my cross. I'll add it on my tab. You're free to go. All right. So then he said, um, verse 28. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants which owed him an hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat. This guy's violent, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went to cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. Now you know that this is clearly talking about if the Lord forgave us. We need to forgive others. Mm -hmm. If we can't pay that debt, then we should relieve people of their debt. This is why now, man, I don't lend. Give it, man. The Lord takes care of you. If you lend, I mean, to me, there's nothing wrong with it, I guess. But when you lend, that's a display of, especially if you're a Christian, I can't get this back. So the only way I'm going to see this money again is if you pay me what you owe me. See, that's, come on, man. You know, if you really believe that God is God, give it to him and the Lord will give to you. So if you don't want to relieve people of their debt, the Lord won't relieve you of yours. All right, so when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after, after that, he had called him and said unto him, O oh, thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me, Uh, shouldest not thou also have had compassion on that fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth, and delivered him into the tormentors, till uh, he should pay all that was due unto him. Now this is scary, because of the tormentors are demons in hell, Then think about the fact that this person, that debt will never be paid. Because Jesus Christ is the only one that can pay that debt. So, you know, it would be like you trying to pay the debt. The Lord said, all right, you want your own debt because you didn't take care of this guy? I'm going to give you your debt. And as you're slowly paying it off in hell, burning, all right, as you keep looking at the debt list, zeros just keep getting added through eternity. Imagine that. You can't pay that debt. That's frightening. You're burning for a thousand years. A thousand years you're down there. Oh, just relieve me. And all oh, the Lord is doing it. All well, the demons or whomever. you would never pay this debt, buddy. So we ought to forgive. We ought to be patient with people and forgive. Because if you think of what Christ does for us and what we do to people every day, we don't realize the sin we commit. I'm telling you. dream. Just ask the Lord for revelation. All the sin you commit throughout the day. If you think you're holier than thou and you've arrived, ask the Lord to reveal it to you. It will be stunning when you see. I mean, you. this whole book would be covered full of your sin. If right. the Lord would just show you. Oh, you're good, huh? What about this? Lord will just. All right, and get those other ten books off the shelf while you're at it. We've got work to do, but that's fun. All right, so, you know. The Lord will not forgive us our trespasses if we're not patient with our brother and forgive them. So let's go to Acts 1. Man, patience is just such an important thing. I can't stress it enough. like I said, when I lost my job, and I don't think I ever had that much faith in my life before. But I knew one thing. Either the Lord was going to solve it, or my issue wasn't going to be solved. I was like, forget work. Yeah, the reason why I'm in this situation in the first place. I'm trusting in man. Mm-hmm. The Lord, you're going to have to answer the call. All right, this is Acts 1 and verse 1. The former treaties have I made, O Theopolis, of all that Jesus began, both to do and teach, until the day in which... He had taken up after that. He, um, the, uh, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostle whom he had chosen, to whom also he shewed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So Jesus died and came back only to talk about the kingdom of God. Not Peter. I remember when we fished together that day and this and that. I'm back. All he cared about was the kingdom of God. He didn't ask Peter how his wife was doing. He didn't get into any of that stuff. Guys, this is all about eternal life. Verse 4. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have um, heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up, and the cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, and he went up, behold, two men stood by him in white apparel which also said, Ye men of Galilee, uh, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner, as ye have um, seen him go to heaven. So these angels are telling them, imagine Jesus telling you, this is what it's going to be like for us. I want you to go in Jerusalem and wait. He didn't say how long. He said, go and wait and you will receive power. These guys are on the run. The Roman soldiers are after them. They can't go back to their jobs. They've got to believe what Jesus said, his final thing, and Jesus left. So they're like, now do we go or do we stay? But because they believed him, they went into a dangerous part of town, hid up in the temple and waited on the Lord's promise. Look at Acts, the second chapter. And when the day of Pentecost, this is our verse one. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord. They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came the sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that uh, every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not these that speak, that uh, are all these which speak, Galileans. And how hear we every man in our own tongue, uh, wherein uh, we were born. So Jesus even said at the end of, of Mark 16, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they'll cast out devils, they'll speak with new tongues, they'll take up serpents, if they drink any deadly thing it won't harm them, they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So these guys waited on the promise despite whatever it is that they had to. They were patient in the Lord. Now, it only took 10 days, but the Lord didn't tell them how many days. They waited on the Lord for the promise. If anybody's out there seeking spiritual power or you want you know, to be full of the Holy Ghost, do the necessary things for having it. Pray, fast, ask the Lord, but wait. Also, the Holy Ghost will clear your conscience at that point telling you, Okay, you want the spirit? You got to get rid of some things in your life. I'm not falling on an idolater. I'm not falling on a whoremonger. I'm not falling on a liar. Mm -hmm. There are things that are going to have to be moved out of your life. When the woman at the well in John 4 said, "Um, Well, give me this water that you're talking about that I'll never thirst. He said, Go get your husband. And she said, Well, go get my husband. Like, What does that have to do with things? you know and Jesus, she said I have no husband he said thou has five husbands and the one that you're with now is not your husband so he was letting her know you got to clean your act up if you want this to come so it wasn't about that water it was about the Holy Ghost so in order to receive a filling of the Holy Ghost the Lord may be calling for you to remove things because the, the Spirit cannot indwell that which is not like Christ So that's going to take time, but we've got to be patient. If you ask the the Lord for these things, man, believe him. Don't think, you know, well, I'm not at that level. If you say that, you proclaim it on yourself. Okay, so what we need to do is just believe God. Lord, I believe. I'm fasting because I believe. I know it's coming. Just tell me what I need to do to have it. And the Lord will fill you. So this is what we need to know. That promise was kept. Those men waited, and they had what the Lord offered them. Alright, let's go to 1 Corinthians 12. We're not going to hang on to this much longer, but, you know, if you want from the Lord patience, you got to have it. you want the Lord to be patient with you, be patient with others. All right. First Corinthians 12 and 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man say that Jesus is, is the Lord, uh, but by the Holy Ghost. So he's saying, okay, concerning spiritual gifts, if you want spiritual gifts, remember at one point you were led by these dumb idols. He's telling you what kept the gift from you. Mm-hmm. These dumb idols, these things we can't part from. He said, wherefore I give you time to stand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus a curse. There are some idols and things that we have in our lives that can make us call Jesus a curse. You may not have said it in words, but you might as well because you got him lined up with so many other gods. Mm-hmm. So many things we don't want to part from. Right. And then he says, no man speaking by the Spirit, I mean, called, um, no man can say Jesus is Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Why? Many have accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, but not many have accepted him as Lord. When he is Lord over your life, you'll obey what he does. So this is what he's trying to make clear before the gifts. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are differences in administrations, but the same Lord, and there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, another the word of knowledge, by the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. But all these worketh that one, that um, the self same Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. So the Lord will give to whom he chooses. All right, verse 12. Uh, for as the body is one and have many members, and all the members that one body, uh, being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by the Spirit are we all baptized into the body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink of the of one Spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. Um If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, it is therefore not of the body. And if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, and it is therefore not of the body. I'll tell you another thing that patience will actually give a person is it'll keep you from envy. If you're not patient and you don't understand how to deal with things, like, you know, some people may have gifts and others don't. It'll make you envy what someone else has, which will also bring something bad upon you. There's nothing wrong with admiring a gift. I wish I could sing like this person. I wish I was able to read music like them. I wish when I laid hands that this would happen. You know, and you just, well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for what's going on here. But man, when you envy, you can't have patience in God. You know what you'll do? You'll get mad at God. Because you'll feel like you're deserving of something that someone else has. Well, you don't know what the Lord has cleaned out of that person's life. And this is why, in our patience, we need to do what we're called to do. That's why the Bible says, in your patience... Let's go there right now. Luke 21 and 7. We're about to close. You know, the Lord is telling us to desire these things, but more importantly... Desire what the Lord can give us. That's right. Desire the Spirit. Desire to be like Christ. Mm-hmm. Everything else will fall into play. Because man, you can pursue the gifts and not even think about Jesus. And that's still bad. Because yeah. it's like you want to be your own man. All right. Um, Luke 21, we'll start at verse 7. And it says, And they asked him, Master, but when shall these things be? And what sign uh, will there be uh, when these things shall come to pass? Now, you know, Luke 21, Mark 13, Matthew 24. This is like the Oliver Discourse, you know, where they talk about, you know, all these things being the same. Oh, yeah, you looked at that. Um, what's his name? Um, matter of fact, that reminded me. I got another video for y'all, so yeah, all right, all right, sorry, Lord, back to the point, all right, so he says, um, verse 8, and he said, take heed that uh, ye be not deceived, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and the time draweth near, go ye not therefore into them, I mean, after them, but when ye shall hear of wars and uh, commotions, Be not terrified, for these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by. So the Lord is telling us, take heed that no man deceives us. Many will come in the name of Christ and shall deceive many. For those who might read the scriptures but aren't patient, you can have a nut like Jim Jones or somebody else come up, well, you know, guys, I am Christ. And because you so desperately want to believe that, you know, all right, well, Jesus was a man that did things on earth. This is how your mind will start to alter. Well, obviously, this person might be of God. So, you know, hey, man, you got to be patient. And the Lord tells you, wait on him, wait on him. All right, so it says, um, verse 9, right, or 10. Then he said unto them, nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. That word is ethnos against ethnos. It's coming to America. You got racial strife. You got all this stuff going on. Mm -hmm. You're going to have people against people. And great earthquakes shall be in diverse places, and famines and pestilence, and fearful sights and great signs shall there be from heaven. So when Jesus was talking here, he's saying there's going to be no time like this one coming. Mm -hmm. All the times of the past that were awful, this is going to be everything balled up in one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is a time schedule for us, so, hey... Uh, But before all these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake, and it shall turn to you for a testimony. Settle it therefore in your hearts not to meditate before uh, what ye shall answer, for I will give you a mouth of wisdom, which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay nor resist. So the Lord is telling you, when you're in this desperate situation, wait on him. He'll give you the words to speak, because this is all about the purpose of what the Lord wants. Verse 16, And ye shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinsfolk and friends, and some of you shall they cause to be put to death. Now, this is something that people can't imagine, but this was written in red, so what do you think Jesus is trying to tell you? It's all about the Spirit. It's all about those who are pursuing Christ. Now, can we even imagine that it'll get to the point that even a family member is not going to be that important to you? Children are going to be putting their parents in prison. All right, but Dad, you wouldn't stop. I told you stop talking about Jesus. You kept ministering, so... I got you locked up because I think you should be in the crazy house. Because on this commercial, they told me that anybody talking about Jesus is crazy. So I call that hotline and off you go. People aren't going to imagine this, but this is going to come down to spirit versus spirit. You're going to see husband and wives turning each other in. Then you're turning in your own mom. This is where we're headed towards. Verse 17, and you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. And there shall not an hair of your head perish. Uh, In your patience, possess ye your souls. So the Lord is saying, while all hell is breaking loose around you, in your patience, in that fruit that I gave you, possess ye your souls. Why? Because if you're not steadfast in thinking about the kingdom, if you're not leaning on the Lord in times like these, man, fear will grip your heart. You will do, a lot of people, Peter didn't think he would betray Christ. When the Lord told him he would do it, Peter said, no, 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 not me, Lord. I would follow you to prison, even unto death. That sounded all beautiful and poetic, but when the Lord looked at Peter, all he saw was flesh. Peter, you're going to deny me three times, man. You can't make it in this. I'm not in you yet. So this is what's going to happen with a lot of people. Fear will grip you. Man, I may lose my kids. I may lose my marriage. You know, would God really tell me to leave my family behind? See, this stuff is coming. And this is why a lot of people, the devil doesn't have to get you to not believe in Christ. Just the very fact that you haven't taken things out of your life or you still love things more than God is all he needs. He doesn't have to trick you. He doesn't have to grab you and force you to take the mark. You're going to take the mark Because there are things that you love more than Christ. That's why the two greatest commandments are: Love the
1: Lord thy God with all
0: the heart. Heart with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Why? Because if you're doing these things, you are fulfilling the will of Mm -hmm. the Lord. But if you love God more than anything, someone says, Hey, we're going to kill your mother. Hey, I love her, but she'll be with the Lord. Let the Lord determine her faith, but I still got my soul. To try and make it. So I'm going to deny the Lord for my mom. As much as I love. And I know this is hard for people to fathom. But man you've got to get your mind in this place. That the kingdom of heaven. Patience and waiting on him. Is greater than anything that you know of. Right now. you got to get to that place now. Don't try and figure it out later. Because it's going to catch a lot of people by surprise. So the Lord is telling us to be patient. You know possess your soul. Because things are going to make you question even if there is God. Let's go to Hebrews 1, I mean 6. Hebrews 6 and 1. We're not going to stay on this. What time is it? Whoa. It's almost 10. I didn't realize the time was flying like that. Hebrews 6. There's so many things on patience, guys. You guys can write all this stuff down. 1 Thessalonians 1, um, 1 through 3, you know, is a good one on patience. 2 Thessalonians 1, 1 through 4 is great on patience. 2 Thessalonians 3, 1 through 5 is great on patience. There's just so many here, man. I knew that we wouldn't get through them, but, you know, we just got to wait on the Lord and know what he's about. Yep. You know, do a full study on patience. I mean, it... You'd be surprised. right, Hebrews 6 and verse 1. But man, you wouldn't even think. Because, you know, people play patience like it's nothing today. You know, like, ah, be patient. Man, patience is a true virtue if it's in Christ. Hebrews 6 and 1, and it says, Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms and of laying on of hands, and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. And this will we do if God permit. So the Lord is saying, you will have these things if he permits. Verse 4, for it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gifts, and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost, and have tasted the good word of God, and the powers of the world to come. So man, once Christ fully lives in you, and you've done all this, look at verse 6. If they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh, and put him to an open shame. So the Bible is saying that there is a point where you can go too far, mm-hmm. where you can get so far in this thing, where I'm not talking about being full of the Spirit and speaking with new tongues. I'm talking about the powers of the worlds to come. I'm talking about being like the disciples, being like Christ. When you're out there, I mean, doing this stuff, I mean, for real, where people are seeing it. And if you should decide to say, you know what, I do miss a little fornication that you know I used to have. And you go off. The Bible says if you were to fall away, you can't be redeemed. This is what happened to Lucifer. He went so far. He knew the Lord. He was sitting right next to him. He covered the mercy seat. So when Lucifer left, he made a willful decision to not want God. When God fully lives in you like this through and through, if you should fall away, That you cannot be redeemed. This isn't talking about little experiences we might have. I'm talking about when you know the Lord for real. I mean, when you've been in these battles, man, where there's no mistaking anything about God. If you should fall away, you can't be redeemed at that point. Because you're making a willful decision. I have a life with the Lord. He lives in me. He talks to me Mm -hmm. every day. I'm doing his will. Now, I'm deciding to go back to the filth that I was once in. This is why the Lord is slow to show power. So don't get upset with God when you're asking him for things and you lay hands and nothing happens. Be grateful for the training and the learning as you go. Because along with these gifts, there has to come maturity. He can give you something and you can go ahead and do it. And then recognize, man, I'm too far off land to swim now. Now what am I going to do? So the Lord is slow to show power because he wants us to mature in the spirit to where we can follow. And this is another place where we need to be patient. Don't get mad at God for what he doesn't do. Admire His wisdom and let him guide you along the path to where you can fully have these things. Yep. Verse 7 For the earth for the earth which drinketh in the rain uh, to, that cometh um off upon it. And bringeth forth herbs meet for them uh, by whom it is dressed, receiving blessing from God. But that which beareth thorns and bringers are, um, is rejected, uh, and is nigh unto, unto cursing, whose end is to be burned. But beloved, we are persuaded better things of you, and things that accompany salvation. Though we though we thus speak. So he's saying, instead of going after those things that were before, settle on the things that are. He's saying that we're better than this, that we're not of those who turn back, that we stay on the go. Verse 10, for God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have shewn toward his name, in that ye have ministered to the saints to do minister. And we desire that every one of you do shoe the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. So that means, man, you know, it's one thing to be the Lord to have you do something. But I'm I'm not gonna lie, man, at times it can be really hard to go forward with doing what he tells us to do and you don't see the fruit yet. You know, when it's like Sometimes you get a feeling, man, people don't even appreciate what's being done. You know, you just get to that place where, and then you got people saying, oh, I ain't feeling good, I ain't coming, this and that, this. You know, and you're just like, man, what's the point? You got to tell the devil he's a liar and keep pushing towards the goal because the devil will make you doubt, man, if God was really with you, this place would be packed. That's how he wants you to think. But the Bible is telling you that the fruit will grow with patience. Mm-hmm. All right, verse 11. "Uh, We desire that every one of you do shew the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith the patience inherit the promises. So you see, through faith, through patience, the promises will be given, but we've got to hang steadfast to what the Lord is calling us to do. But I'm telling you, when the Lord starts giving our offices for everybody to do things, You're going to find yourself many days doing them alone or doing them with few people or praying for the strength to keep going because other people are just, you can't expect someone to enjoy what the Lord is telling you to do. You know what I'm saying? That's only fair. There are some people that are going to say, you know, hey man, that's your calling. He ain't told me to do it. And the Lord will say, you know what? He's right. I told you to do it. So at times, you know, you got to bear that cross and go through with it, you know, and me, Martin, Sarah, and I, when we were putting together this this YouTube thing, we had, what, one subscriber, you know, and then, you know, maybe two, and then you get a few views and family members are talk. but, you know, now we're starting to get there, you know, people yeah. are starting, but we're, we're still going through with this believing. Mm-hmm. We didn't even know that there'd be other people that may come and want to, you know, be in it and do more. It was just... hey this is what we're doing I don't care how corny it looks you know we just got to keep going yeah
1: I was also going to share Galatians 6 and 9
0: Go ahead. that was on my list but I'm glad you got it no I don't have time anyway so go (laughs) ahead and let us
1: not be weary in well doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not as we have therefore opportunity let us do good unto all men especially unto them who are of the household of faith
0: that's right that's right there's a Colossians 1 that talks about it Mm -hmm. um James 5 and 1 and we're done I promise I won't hold anybody another minute
1: but it's true about praying for patience because we can be talking to somebody about the Lord and it just seems like man it is hitting a brick wall you know it doesn't even seem like they're really all that interested. It gets and frustrating.
0: Then. I mean, you know, but the Lord will do everything yeah. in his time. Perhaps people don't, you know, listen, because the Lord is trying to get the fruit grown in us. Mm-hmm. So this is why we can't get like, man, it just don't seem like anybody. No, that's because he's working on you. Mm-hmm. It's like, it was, if you have no patience now, I'm not going to trust you with a larger congregation. What will you do? You'll freak out and leave, and then now we're just getting started. So, you know, the Lord is helping us all grow. We should love him for it. All right, um, James 5, verse 1, and it says, Go to now, ye rich men, weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered, and your rust of them uh, shall be a witness against you. And shall eat your flesh as it were fire. Ye have heaped treasure uh, together for the last days. Behold, the hire of the labourers um, who have reaped down your fields, which is um, of you kept back by fraud, crieth. And the cries of them which have which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. Sabaoth, iconic Sabbath. Um, Ye um ye have lived in pleasure on the earth and been wanton. Ye have nourished your hearts as in a day of slaughter. Ye have condemned and killed the just, and he doth not resist you. So he's talking to the wicked. You guys have been doing all this stuff, and the Lord has not even come against you yet. That's the love that he has for us, that he didn't take us in our sins. Verse seven Be patient therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and have long patience for it, uh, Excuse me, until ye receive the early and latter rain. So you see what's necessary? Israel had two rains that fell. There was one that fell in the spring, that was for the growing of the crops. Then there was one that fell in autumn, or the fall, for the maturing of the crops, for the harvest. This is what the Lord wants to do to us, but we've got to be patient. Right now, he's growing us. He's feeding us. He's giving us what we need. But man, we want to wait for that latter rain. When Acts, the second chapter happened, that was the latter rain that fell on the disciples. A fulfilling of the Holy Ghost. Maturity in Christ that we may do what he calls. But notice both times it mentioned patience. Verse 8. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts. For the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Uh, Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. So we should be having enough patience or being patient for the coming of Christ. Nothing matters what happens today. What we're dealing with, we are setting up reservation for the kingdom of heaven. So we should be patient. Verse um, 10. Take my prophets, I think that's it, right? Yes. Okay. Take my brethren, the prophets, who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering, affliction, and of patience. So the reason why we read what we read tonight is for people to be, for us to understand what patience they had so that we may have. This Bible is only meant to transform us. This isn't just reading our favorite stories. You believe because David believed. You believe because James believed. You believe because Christ believed. You know, so this is what it's all about. All right. Verse, um, did I read 11? Mm-hmm. I didn't? Nope. Okay. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful and, is, and of tender mercy. Above all things, my brethren, swear not neither by heaven, neither by earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea and your nay, nay, lest ye fall into condemnation. So the Lord is telling us here to be patient, but be very direct. We're supposed to be patient to wait on the Lord. That's all that matters. But when your conversations are yea or nay, you're telling people yes or no. Yes, this is right. No, that's wrong. Not maybe. Can you do this? I don't know. I have to see and I'll let you know. That's strife. Because what did that person do? Call you three days from now. So um, have you figured it out? And if you say, I don't know, I'll let you know. I mean, I just need a little more time. See, that's strife. You know in your heart whether you want to do it or not. Just say yes or no. And even if the person doesn't like your answer, you know, it's like, well, at least I know. He's not going to ask you again. So we can even cause strife by some timing people. You want to be right or wrong? Is this right or is it wrong? Not maybe, I don't know, yes or no. So that's why the Lord wants us to be direct but he wants us to be patient. Patience in the Lord is a true virtue. All right. so if anyone has anything to add, they can if not, we can pray out. Anybody have any questions or, you know, Martin said, I'm heading for the door. You guys can do what you want. I'm out of here.
1: uh, I was going to ask if anyone else. I know I normally pray out, but is there anyone else that wanted to pray? Yeah,
0: anybody else want to pray? Yes, no. I'll pray. All right. (laughs) Good. Everybody can hear.
2: Dear Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for bringing us all together tonight, Lord. I -hmm. want to. Thank you ahead of time for bringing the conference up this weekend and bringing the people who need to be there to hear it, Lord Jesus. I ask that you don't let us, uh, the people there, utter words that aren't of you, Lord Jesus. And I ask that you prepare them fully and let them listen to your voice and let them tell Satan to his face, you're a liar, get out of here. We're not listening to you. We are going to stay patient in your word, Lord Jesus. We're going to keep seeking you, Lord Jesus. Lord, I ask for you to anoint the people in this ministry and anybody um that we have on our hearts or deal with daily that are sick that the enemy is trying to keep from you lord jesus please don't let that be a stumbling block from knowing your word lord jesus i ask that you heal them lord jesus that you put your spirit upon them lord heavily lord i ask that you continue to unlift our spiritual veil let us reveal the things that you need us to see guide and direct us in every way lord let us walk and follow after you build christ deeply inside our hearts lord let us feel you lord jesus let us hear you lord jesus let us know you have a deep intimate personal relationship with you Lord.
0: lord let us
2: not be fearful of the adversary and the things that he's going to pull against us lord But be faithful and trust in you and pray without ceasing, Lord. Keep continuing and praying in everything that we do to keep our endurance, our perseverance, Lord. Thank you for everything, and thank you and continue to help teach us to get the fruit of the Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. In
0: Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.